Thank you, Gloria. That was a blessing. Thank God for the wonderful pianists that we have in our midst, and we're thankful for Gloria and all that she does uh, to serve. Before we begin this morning, shall we just look to the Lord once again in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for your word, and I take this responsibility of proclaiming it very seriously, Lord. And I pray that you will use the word of God in every heart today, it may be in a different way for a different person. Lord, may the message be tailored for each need, each heart. And so pray, Lord, that you'll hide me behind the cross and pray that the Holy Spirit will take the word of God that is spoken and proclaim it to hearts, that lives will be changed, that sinners will come to Christ and that believers will be drawn nearer, Lord, and we will walk closer with you and be obedient to you and follow you all the days of our lives. We just pray that you will be glorified, Lord, and ask that you will lead us. In Jesus' precious name, amen. amen. I don't watch too much TV, mostly a little bit of sports and news and things like that, but the other night we came home a little early and I put on SportsCenter. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's ESPN and they have SportsCenter. They put highlights up and so forth of the different sports of the day. But this one caught my interest. It, it, it piqued my interest very much because it was in a baseball stadium, but the main focus of the, of the highlight was not the baseball game. In fact, the baseball game was kind of put on pause for a moment because they turned their attention to the stands, where two people dressed in Yankee uniforms, one man, one woman, were there, and the man was about to propose to his fiance, I mean, she would propose to his, his girlfriend there. And so it was... It's something that happens a lot, though. Usually it doesn't make the news because people propose all the time in these big stadiums and the big jumbotron. They think it's quite exciting. Well, this was a little different, though, because as the man was about to pop the question, the ring was missing. He opened the little box and the ring was missing. Now, as you brothers know, when you propose, you're ready to propose to your fiancé, and Adam, you're fresher, you know this, right? These are expensive rings. These cost a lot of money, and Jim Welsh knows this too very much because he's in the business. And here this moment has come. They're both there, and everybody's watching, and all of a sudden, he can't find the ring. So he starts to look for it. The lady, she starts to look for it. And all the crowd around them in the stands start looking for it. And then they turn the cameras on them and every attention is off the field now and it's on this couple and it's on the situation because the ring is missing. They're searching. They're seeking for it. They're looking for it. And all of a sudden, they found the ring. And he popped the question. He got down on his knee. He popped the question. He proposed. She accepted and they hugged and kissed, and it was a happy ending. 
But you know what? When you seek things in life sometimes, sometimes there are disappointments. Sometimes there are things that you seek after in this world that don't seem to be what they were intended to be. There's a lot of people that seek things in the world that find disappointment in them because they're seeking, they're seeking things in the wrong places. People seek after money, don't they? They seek after fame. They seek after success in this world. They seek after possessions. They seek after success, peace, love, acceptance. They want all these things, and sometimes they get them and sometimes they don't. But the most important thing that we can seek after as believers is to seek the Lord. That, if we could tell to our politicians and to our country and to everybody, seek the Lord. Because when we seek Him in our lives, He provides everything else, doesn't He? He really does. And there's a verse of Scripture in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 32 we're going to have as our main text this morning where the Lord Jesus was telling them, don't be anxious about what you're going to eat or drink. Don't be anxious by the clothes you're going to put on. The Lord knows you need all these things. And the Gentiles, he says, seek after all those things. But as it came to the end of that chapter, he said this in Matthew 6.33, but seek the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. You know, God is a good mathematician. He's a good adder, and he's a good multiplier. But you know one thing God doesn't do? He doesn't divide, and he doesn't subtract. He is an adder. He adds to our lives. He multiplies his blessings to us. All he wants us to do is to seek him first. Seek his kingdom first. Put him first in everything we do. And when we do that, he'll bless us in every way. And our lives will have meaning and fulfillment. And we'll have all those other things that we seek after because God knows we need them. And there's no need to worry. And there's no need to fear. And there's no need to doubt because our God loves us, doesn't he? And he provides us exactly what we need even though he doesn't always give us what we want. And God is good and he is faithful. And he knows. And he wants us to have that as our priority to seek him. The title of our message today is Seeking the Lord and His Kingdom First. Seeking the Lord and His Kingdom First. The definition of the word seek is interesting, and there's many different ones. To track down, to scent out, to trace, to perceive, to try to find, to search for, to bend one's effort toward, to aim at, to pursue, to look for someone or something. You know, a lot of people are looking for that some, some special person in your life that is going to make you happy, going to make you fulfilled, and it's going to be that one special one. And we all need that. If it's God's will for you to marry, God will provide you with that spouse, husband, or wife. But what all of us need is we need Jesus. We need the Lord Jesus. We need to have that close relationship to him where we seek him for everything in every problem we have, in every concern that we have, in every happy occasion that we have in life. He wants to share everything with us, and he wants us to give our hearts fully to him, and that's what it is. And it takes effort. It takes effort to seek the Lord. Blaise Pascal once observed, there are three classes of persons in the world. 
those who have found God and serve him, those who have not found him but are seeking him, and lastly, those who have neither found him nor are seeking for him. We all know those three kinds of people, don't we? And hopefully most of us are in the first category. We have found the Lord and we're serving him and he wants us to seek him every day and seek to please him. And there are those who are maybe here this morning and you're seeking, you're searching. You know there's got to be something more than just get up in the morning on Monday morning and go to work and, and, and do this and have this activity and this. There's got to be more to life than birth and death and everything in between. There is. And God has an eternal plan of salvation for every person to be saved. And maybe you're in that second class, that second category. You're searching. I pray today that you will find Jesus and you will seek him and search for him with all your heart. And if you're in that third category, probably no one here this morning I trust is in that third category where they haven't found the Lord. They're not seeking the Lord. They don't want him. We know there are some atheists today that are bound and determined that to shake their fist at God right down to their deathbed, they're not going to give anything to God. They're not going to give him credit for anything. They're not going to accept him as their savior. They're going to go to death holding on to that bitterness and resentment and just no faith in God. But may the Lord help us to have that desire to seek him, to seek him first in our lives and to seek his kingdom I ask you the question today, what class are you in? Which category are you in? May the Lord encourage us to seek him first in his kingdom. The three things we're going to look at this morning briefly are seeking him for salvation, number one. That's the key thing. Number two is to seek him for who he is. And number three is to seek him and his kingdom first above anything and above anyone and may God challenge our hearts and encourage our hearts this morning. You know, salvation is not something we work for, and it's not something we earn or deserve. Salvation is a gift given by God that you have to accept and take from his hand. Amen. And so when you seek him for salvation, you're not seeking him to earn your way to heaven by doing things, by giving to things, by being involved in certain good works, you're seeking him by faith to receive his free gift of salvation through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. And salvation is the most beautiful thing. And you can have all the other things in life, but if you're not saved, it's going to count zero. It's going to count zero. Because the Bible says when we came into this world, we brought nothing in and we're going to take nothing out. It's only what we do here now regarding Christ that counts. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So salvation is so important to trust Christ. And there are so many verses in the Bible that speak about commandments. And they speak about warnings. And they speak about promises. And they speak about invitations. But I found a couple of verses in Scripture that have all of these in the same verses. And it's beautiful. And it's Isaiah 55, verses 6 and 7. is familiar to many, if not all of us. And it has all of these elements in it. And here the Lord is speaking uh, through Isaiah the prophet. And it says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, 
and he will have mercy on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. All four things are in this verse. There's a commandment, there's an invitation, there's a promise, and there's a warning. And the first part of the verse talks about a very sober warning. And if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ this morning, this should scare you. It should scare me. It should scare anyone if you don't know the Lord. Because listen to this. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Does that mean that there's coming a day when he won't be found? The answer to that is yes. There is a day when he won't be found, and that is day when you die. And, or when the rapture comes, there will no longer be that chance. That's why it says, call upon the Lord while he may be found. When Jesus was passing through the different towns and cities that he was going, he was passing through, and if you missed it, you missed him. You could always try to catch up at the next city, but if you miss that train going to heaven and you miss that bus, and you miss that plane that's heading out, it's too late. And that's why it's a very sober warning. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. He's near. He's right near us today, and he wants us to accept him as our Savior. Yes, that offer is for today. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. We know that. We may not be here tomorrow. That's why if you're here and that invitation is going out and that warning is made and that promise is given and that commandment is given to you, you need to say yes to the Lord today. Yes to the Lord today. Instead of saying, people say, well, maybe tomorrow, maybe next time. No, it's got to be today because that is our chance. It's our one chance that we know we have right now while you're sitting here to receive Christ. You know, advertising has a lot of good uh, sayings about it, right? When you talk about in advertising something's new and improved, people like it, right? They'll buy it. You talk about things that are products that are guaranteed, uh, warranties that'll last, and all these things. Advertisers use buzzwords to catch your attention to have you buy their product. Well, one of the words that they oftentimes use is limited time offer. Limited time offer. So, Mike, if you're going to buy this product today, you have limited time. You better get out your checkbook now. Get out your credit card now. Send in the money now because it's a limited time offer. The price is going to go up. Well, you know, God's offer of salvation, in a sense, is a limited time offer. Because as I mentioned, when you die, that chance is gone. And when the rapture comes, that chance is gone. So it really is a limited time. Time offer. But God's offer goes out to everyone, and He wants everyone to accept it and everyone to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1 and verse 12, but as many as received Him, to them He gave the right or the authority to become the children of God, even to those who believe on His name. You know, when Paul proclaimed the gospel to that Philippian jailer, he said to him simply in Acts 16, 31, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved and your house. And so it was the simple message of the gospel. And when you come to Christ and you seek him, he never turns you away. He'll never turn you away. He doesn't say, sorry, too late, Dean. You messed up too much. You went too far. I would have accepted you yesterday, but what you did now is, is you've gone past the line. He doesn't. 
It says like in that verse that we just read, our God is a merciful God. He will have mercy on us and he will abundantly pardon. But his invitation goes out to every person. Secondly, not only is it important to seek the Lord in salvation, and we need to do that, but once we are saved, we need to seek the Lord for who he is. You know, when you get married, like Adam and, and Alyssa are going to be getting married, they have this love affair with each other, this first love, this, this joy, this happiness that you can't describe it, right? You can't. When you're in love, you can't describe that, that feeling. But when we're in love with Jesus, it's even better than that. It's even more special than that because it's not a human relationship where someone can let us down, can hurt our feelings, can do something wrong. When we have the relationship with the Lord, He loves us unconditionally. He wants to give you the best. He wants to give me the best. He wants to have the close walk with us. He wants us to share with us. And He probably looks at me sometimes and says, Dean, if you would just seek me in this and not try to do it on your own and not try to mess it up here, I have something very special for you. But you have to seek me. You have to seek my kingdom. And I will give you the best things. And he has that intense love for us. You know, the devil had us a theory. And I'm sure he says that to the Lord a lot. You know, God, you know, these people down there, these, these Christians... You know, the only reason they love you is not because of who you are. No, they don't care. They love you because of what you give to them. Now, if you take away what, they've, what you've given them, you watch. They won't love you anymore. You know what? Devil tried his theory out, didn't he, in the book of Job. He tried that theory out with Job, and, and sure enough, the Lord allowed it. And, and the Lord took away all the things that Job had. Job had a beautiful thing. He had a relationship with the Lord. He had a relationship with his family, his kids, wife and kids. And then he had a business that was thriving and prospering. And he had friends and people that respected him and all of that. And you know what? Through all his trials, he lost everything except one thing, his relationship to God. He never quit that. He never gave up on it. He didn't say, that's it. God, you took everything away from me. I have nothing left. I might as well give up. I'm going to leave the church. I'm going to call it quits. This is too much for me. He didn't do it. He got discouraged. He had friends that didn't help him with that, did they? They were telling him, you have sinned, Job, and the reason all these things are happening to you is because you're sinning against God and all of this thing. And we know the end of the story that God spoke to Job, and he restored everything he, gave, he had lost before and even doubled it. He gave him back more than he had before, and Job learned the lesson of his life because he didn't know why these trials were happening. But he saw how great the Lord was and how the Lord brought him through it, and the devil's plan just came crashing down on his head. He couldn't take it anymore because God knows any person who loves the Lord Jesus loves him, not just what he gives. But we have to be careful as Christians. We have to be careful not to get in the mode of thinking that when we come to the Lord in prayer, it's like coming to the, to the genie, right? And the genie in the bottle, and we got three wishes. I want this, million dollars. I want this, the best job as CEO. And I want this, a real long life so I can live to enjoy it, right? God is not like the genie in the bottle. You rub the bottle right and you get, no. Grant you the wishes, no. We have to come to him and seek him and say, Lord, I want your best. I want your will. I want to seek the best that you have for me. 
don't give me what I want if what I want is not what you want me to have, which is so many times the case. And so many times as Christians, we get disappointed because God didn't answer it the way we asked for it. The answer came in different clothes. The answer came in a different form. The question for us as Christians today is this. Do we love the giver more than the gift? Do we love the blesser more than the blessing? Do we love the toy maker more than the toys? And do we love God's face more than his hand? You know, this convicted me. I was studying this yesterday. I said, Lord, Lord, this comes to a, it it sobers me. It, It challenges me because so many times we expect the Lord just to give us, give us, give us. How many times do we just come into his presence and say, Lord, I'm not going to ask anything. I just want to thank you for everything you've given me. And you know, that delights his heart when we do that. Sure, he wants us to pray, but he wants us to praise also and give thanks to him. Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 13 says the beautiful words, and, if, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And we need to search passionately. You know, that, that husband and, and his, I mean, that man and, and, and his lady there, they were searching passionately for that ring. And everybody around them joined in because they had to find that ring. And when we search for the Lord and we want him that much, he will reveal himself to us. He will bless us tremendously. And we have to take it as a personal encouragement to spend time with him so quick we are aren't we we get up in the morning we're we're running late we're busy we rush out of the house and there's the lord jesus sitting there and we didn't have time to spend with him there's a little book my heart Christ's home and so many times the man he would rush out and he would see the lord jesus sitting in the sitting room there in the library waiting for that time and it's disappointing because the lord wants us to have that time with him morning Noon, whenever it is, evening, but to spend time with him, to seek him. David had that desire. He had that passion. Because in Psalm 63 and verse 1, it says, O God, you are my God. Early I will seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. And I thought, wow, David, you're talking about a dry and thirsty land back in those days? How about our land today in the United States of America, 2016? Is it a dry and thirsty land? It is. It's a sinful, corrupt society we live in. We need that time with the Lord to recharge ourselves, to encourage ourselves with the Word of God and to allow Him to direct our day. Psalm 105 and verse 4 says, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His face forevermore. Yes, when we seek the Lord's face, we seek him for who he is, not just what he does for us. Seek him for who he is. You know, when you love somebody that much, you seek them. You want them. You want to spend time with them. And that's an example of the word of God. I found three examples in the New Testament of people who had that special desire to be with the Lord. They sought him, they wanted him, and it seemed at the time nothing else mattered. The first one is the Apostle John. It says that John reclined himself, his head, on the Lord's breast. Wow. 
They had those low tables at that time, and so he would recline back, and he would be back on Jesus' breast like this, and he would listen to the Lord's voice. And he was so close to him, he could hear the Lord's heartbeat. Are you that close to the Lord where you can hear his heartbeat? Is he that near to you? Is he that personal to you where you can't see him with your eyes of the flesh, but you can see him with the eyes of faith? And that's what John did, and that's why they called John the disciple whom Jesus loved. Because whenever they were together as a group, John was always right next to the Lord. He didn't want to be far away. He wanted to be right there. And that's the desire that we need to have every day. The second one was Mary of Bethany. And she was the sister of Martha and sister of, uh, and, and she had a brother named Lazarus, and they all lived in, in Bethany, and Martha was the homeowner. It tells us that in Scripture in the 10th chapter of Luke. And they would invite Jesus over whenever he was near to Jerusalem. They would go into Bethany, which was not very far away at all, and they would have a meal for him, and they would have a nice place for him to rest and stay for him and his disciples. Well, the Lord Jesus loved that, and he would go there and spend time there. Well, one day he was there, and Martha invited him to come in. Here, Jesus, you sit over here. And she was busy and hurrying around and rushing and preparing the meal and doing all these things. And, and what was her sister doing? She was Mary, and she was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to his word. Well, Mary is, uh, Martha's busy, and she's working, and she's cooking and getting everything ready. And then all of a sudden, she said, wait a minute, where's Mary? She's sitting at Jesus' feet. Something's wrong here. I need somebody to help me. I can't do this all by myself. And she brought it up to the Lord. She says, you know, my sister, tell my sister to help me. He didn't rebuke Mary for sitting at his feet. He rebuked Martha for her losing of sight of what was really important. And he says, Martha, Martha. He repeats it twice. You're worried and troubled about so many things. But Mary... Your sister has chosen the good part, the better part, and what she has will not be taken away from her. She sat at Jesus' feet listening to his word. She had that desire to seek him, and she wasn't going to lose a single opportunity for that. The third person I like to mention, she's unnamed in the Luke chapter 7, and she's the woman, the sinful woman, who came into the Pharisee's house and saw the Lord Jesus. She stood behind him, it says, at his feet, weeping and wiping his feet with her hair and pouring out this beautiful, expensive perfume. She considered the Lord Jesus special enough to take that expensive perfume that the ladies used to have for their wedding and say, I'm not going to use it for that. The Lord, if he'll, he'll provide me for that in the future if it's his will. But I'm going to take this perfume and I'm going to pour it out on him because he's special to me. I love him. And it's beautiful to see these examples. They sought the Lord for who he was, not for what they, he gave them. They sought his face, not just his hand. And how about us? Are we seeking him for who he is? Are we worshiping him and communing with him and and making sure that, as our, that he's our first love and our first priority. May the Lord challenge our hearts today. And finally, not only to seek him for salvation and not only to seek him for who he is, but to seek him and his kingdom as the first priority in our lives. I love this verse in Matthew 6.33. I learned it as a young man many years ago. 
not young anymore, but I'm not old, old yet either, Bill. I'm kind of an in-between, right? In-between, rejoicing in my Savior. So it says here, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. His righteousness. And all these things, all these things of earth will be added to you. The question for us is, the kingdom of God my highest priority? Is the kingdom of God my highest priority? Now, we have a lot of big churches out there today, and hundreds of people go to church. And they walk in, and they sit at the church, they listen to the sermon, and then they leave, they shake hands, and they go out, and they go about their lives like nothing happened, right? This happens every day because the kingdom of God is not important to them, not as important as it should be. Many of them aren't saved, and the ones that aren't saved, they're not seeking the Lord. They're, they're coming to church, they enjoy the social aspect of it, but they're not, their lives aren't being transformed by the word of God. They're not allowing him to, to transform them. And may the Lord help us to have as our desire to further the kingdom of God to make the kingdom of God our priority. That's why Paul said in Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ, and to die, well, that's gain. And that was the priority that Paul had from the moment he got saved until the moment he went home to be with the Lord, the Lord Jesus was his priority. The Lord saved him, the Lord forgave him, and he had been a persecutor of the church, he had killed Christians, arrested them, put them in prison, and now the Lord saved him on the road to Damascus, and he never looked back. He went forward. He sought the Lord. He sought to please the Lord. Everything he said, everything he did, and everything that was in his life was about the kingdom of God. It was about the kingdom of God. So when he got persecuted, he kept going. When he got put in prison, he kept going. When he felt pain, he kept going because his motivation was the Lord Jesus and the kingdom of God of God. You know, we all have priorities in life, and I'm sure that most of us have many of the same priorities. If you wanted to write down, here's my priorities, one, two, three, I'm sure we would have, many of us would have the same ones on our list, wouldn't we? But the key is, which order are we putting them in? If anything comes before the Lord, we know that's got to go because it can't go before the Lord. When we seek him, he has to be in the top priority. It has to be. And when we do that, it affects every decision. It affects everything we think and say and do. If the Lord's our priority, it's going to affect our work, our jobs, our businesses. It's going to affect our home life. It's going to affect our life in the neighborhood, in the community, everything. When our priority is on the Lord and his kingdom, that means it's important to us. That means when church is here, I'm going to be here. When the meetings are here, I'm going to be here. When we, there's an opportunity to serve the Lord, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it even if nobody sees it. Even if I do something for the Lord where nobody else is around, the Lord sees it and he will reward it abundantly in a future day. Yes, putting his kingdom first. Psalm 34.10 says, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. You know, when you think of hungry lions, boy, you wouldn't want to be in their path because when lions get hungry, the first thing they think about is having a good meal. And you don't want to be that good meal, so you want to stay away from those hungry lions. But he says these young, these young hungry lions, they get hungry, but you know what? When you seek the Lord, he's going to provide for you. He says you're not going to hunger, you're not going to thirst. 
says in Scripture, you're not going to see the righteous begging bread because God provides. He takes care of us if we put him first and his kingdom is our priority. Yeah, there's a lot of causes you can be involved in today, but there's no cause greater than the kingdom of God. So many people today, and even Christians, are involved in politics, okay? They're involved in sports, okay? I love sports too, but, you know, it can't be a priority. And social issues, these things are all good in their place, but they can't be number one priority. And when we let our priority shift to some of these other things, our life gets out of whack, it gets out of balance, and it's, uh, it's a bad thing. So we need to make sure that our priority is on serving the Lord. You know, when the Lord Jesus taught the disciples and he preached to the masses and everything, he never sugarcoated it. He never beat around the bush. He spelled it out very clearly for people so that you knew what it meant to become a Christian. And you knew what it meant to follow Christ. And you knew what the, what the uh, plan was going to be. You knew what was going to happen. He pulled no punches. And in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, the Lord Jesus said this, how would you respond in listening to this? He said, he who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Oh, wow, Lord, you're, that's a tough one. Ooh. And then he said, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Oh, Lord, you're really getting, this is tough. I love my family and I love all of them and this and that. And, whew, okay. And then he said, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. I was thinking about that yesterday as I was meditating on this. This was pretty tough. The Lord Jesus, he, he gave some pretty hard sayings. And if we want to follow him and if we want to seek after him, you have to go his way and follow in his footsteps. And he has given us the challenge. I mentioned Blaise Pascal earlier, and I found another quote by him that was very good. It says this, he says, those who seek God with their whole heart, whom nothing can grieve but the loss of his presence, who have no desire but to attain to him, no enemies but such things as lead them aside from him, and whose greatest affliction is their exposure to such enemies, let them be comforted, for there is a deliverer, for to them there is a God. You know, to us, God is not just some God that's way out in heaven, that's not concerned about us or anything. He's an intimate, personal God who's not only concerned, but he's extremely concerned and he's with us and he's promised his presence with us now until the end of time. Yes, the Lord encouraged his disciples when he called them. He said two words when he called his first disciples. Follow me. He called them with just those two words. Follow me. Matthew got up from the tax office. He was there at the tax collecting station. He got up and followed the Lord. The other disciples were fishing. And he said, follow me. They gave up their fishing business. The sons of Zebedee, they left their father. They left the boat, all the equipment that they had. And they went and followed Jesus. And every person who comes to get saved has to say, I'm going to follow Jesus, no turning back. Whatever he has for me, that's perfect. And I'm, gonna, I'm not looking back to that old life. I'm looking forward to a better life. And that's what the Lord does for us if we follow him. And then at the end, right before he went to heaven, he said these words, And lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. And he will be. 
So when we seek after earthly things, there's gonna, our lives cannot help but be full of anxiety and worry and stress when we seek after earthly things. But when we seek after heavenly things, there's joy, there's fulfillment, there's peace, and there's blessing. So may the Lord encourage us today to seek Him and to seek His kingdom. Let's remember this morning God's warning, God's commandment, God's promise, and God's invitation, where He said, Seek the Lord while He may be found. Call upon Him while He is near. Let the unrighteous man forsake his thoughts, because He says God is a God who will abundantly pardon. He'll have mercy on you. But you have to come to accept Jesus Christ today. Seek Him. Seek Him. You say, well, I'm still young. I have plenty of time. I haven't even reached college age yet. I haven't gotten out and into the world. I haven't got married yet. I haven't got the job of the future yet. I haven't done all the things yet. But so, how many people today put off that salvation only to find that their life ended before very early, in fact. We hear it all the time on the news. This young person died. This, this person was killed. This one was involved in a train crash or a plane crash or whatever it might be or war or whatever. And we never know how much time we have because God doesn't tell us. He wants us to come to him now. If God said, gave you a timetable, say, well, you got plenty of time. Because here's when I'm coming. Here's the date. Here's the time. Here's the hour. We'd kick back, wouldn't we? We'd sit there and say, I got plenty of time. I can get saved. There's no problem. I'll be like the tortoise story of the tortoise and the hare. I'll just sleep under this nice tree here. But you know what? We don't know. God doesn't want us to know. And as Christians, he doesn't want us to know either. He wants us to be ready. He wants us to serve him and seek him and further his kingdom, knowing that he may come today and it may be our last opportunity, our last chance. May we not lose that chance of receiving Christ as Lord and Savior and seeking him. Yes, the challenge of it is we need to seek the giver more than the gift, the blesser more than the blessing the toy maker more than the toys and his face more than his hand. And when we do that, God will be pleased and our lives will take on a new dimension and a new blessing. And finally, we need to seek the Lord and his kingdom first. A lot of things you can be involved in, a lot of good causes, a lot of good things that can occupy your time. But there's nothing better than living for the Lord, serving him and putting his interests of the kingdom of God first. I was reading recently in the Old Testament in the book of Haggai. And in the book of Haggai, they didn't fulfill their mission. They were supposed to go back and they were supposed to build the temple. And they didn't do it. Can you imagine? They went back to the land, all right. just so, And they started living in their homes and doing all that thing. It says they had paneled homes and everything. But they didn't build the temple. It says they did it for 16 years. They procrastinated, and God had to send a prophet, Haggai, to speak to them and to speak to Zerubbabel so that they would build the temple because that was God's work. And here they had done everything else for themselves, but they hadn't done anything for the Lord. May the Lord help us to be doers and to be workers and to be servants and to have Him as our priority. May the Lord encourage us today, shall we pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for the challenging word to our hearts today. May we take it to heart, Lord. May we seek you. And if there's anyone here who is not saved this morning, 
May they not lose the opportunity, as your word says, seek the Lord while he may be found. And we pray that they would come to experience that peace and joy and eternal life that they have been longing for. And Lord, we pray for the others who are believers, Lord, that you will help us to seek you first. Seek you in the first part of our day and the first part of our life, everything, Lord, and not give you the leftovers, but give you the first fruits. And help us, Lord, to love you for who you are, not just what you give us. And Lord, we pray that we'll seek your kingdom first, Lord, that we will be involved and that we will give ourselves tirelessly for your kingdom. We just ask now your blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen.